Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some gospel? Man, let's go, let's go. I don't have a clue where I'm going, but we're going. Um, I mean, Mark does sound good, but thank you, Jesus, man. Ooh, I don't got no notes. I might well close that down, but let me. God is good. Uh, who is in the back back there? How are you? She's probably like, oh, Lord, I got. Let's look at Mark chapter five. Um. The, the, the heading in my book, Bible says this, a demon-possessed man is healed. A demon-possessed man is healed. I met with a gentleman this week, and he said to me, I've been coming for a few weeks to the way. He said, do you know what's happened to my belief system since I've been coming? <laughs> I said, probably, but tell me anyway. You can always tell when you begin to encounter the real God and his gospel because every belief system you had about him that was inferior begins to give way to the real one. You hear that? You hear that? Every belief system you had before really meeting him begins to crumble. It's pretty important. I'll share some good news with you today. Uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. This is a story that we've all heard about. Maybe we've even heard sermons about it. Um, I don't know how much of a sermon this will be today, but I'm going to just share some thoughts from this story and a whole lot about Jesus. But here we go. Mark, chapter 5, verse 1. Jesus has just got done teaching on parables, and he has just calmed a storm at sea. The disciples have gotten afraid in Mark 4. They asked the beautiful question, who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? While they're still smitten with wonder and awe at what has just happened, I mean, nobody knew that the wind and waves had ears before Jesus. But Jesus proved they have ears and they listen. Jesus also proved that rocks have mouths. He said rocks can cry out. Jesus also proved through the gospel that trees have hands. He says the trees clap their hands, right? <clears throat> These guys are still smitten with wonder, and then while they're fresh with wonder, they finally get to the destination they were going, which is a country called Gadarenes. Everybody say Gadarenes. Now look at this, Mark 5. Then they, Jesus and the twelve, came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, meaning Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Actually, my wife and I, when we, we went to, to Israel, we saw um, some of the burial grounds where they bury, the Jews would bury one another. And uh, I forgot, but what was it like? All, all of the graves, they're actually all above ground pretty much. Um, 
but they all face the east. Isn't, I think it's the east that they all face because they believe when Christ comes back, their Messiah, they're, they're, they're coming that way. But if I make no mistake, I think it was the east. But, but you had some, they had tombs like what Jesus would have literally had been in. But this man was living amongst in the graveyard, finding life among the dead, doing his best to do so. Jesus gets out of the boat. Immediately there meets him a man out of the tombs, a man with a what spirit? Unclean spirit. Which, you know, I'm in my office back there, pulling out my blue letter Bible app. I'm looking up what unclean means in Mark 5 and 2. And it literally meant it, it, it was two, twofold, but ceremonially unclean, which would have become that way because they didn't keep the law, was the primary one for this gentleman. Something happened to his life because he didn't, keep the law or the curse of the law was really hitting him watch this this man who had his dwelling among the tombs no one could bind him you see that not even with chains now get this they did bind him but he didn't stay bound verse 4 because he had often been bound with shackles for his feet and chains for his body and the chains had been pulled apart by him now if you if you wrap somebody up with a chain and they pull it apart, I'm thinking the spirit of hope done came on this person. But this guy was so demonically oppressed that he was ripping out of iron chains. And the shackles had been broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with what? Stones. I want you to understand something. He was crying out for help. Can anybody help me? And the best thing he could find, the only thing people even knew to do was at least if we wrap it up with chains, he won't cut himself. But they couldn't tame him. No remedy for his issue. He's crying out and cutting himself with stones like them stone tablets, Grant. Cutting himself with stones like that law that, anyway, we keep on going. But when he saw Jesus from, this mother must have been Lumbee, afar. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cries out again with a loud voice and he says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now understand, this is not the man talking now. This is the demons in the man talking. Which if you ain't never been in a service where the demon talks back, you need to get one of them. It'll make you, it'll make you rethink what you say you believe real quick. I can tell you some stories real quick. Like real, real quick. I, my wife and I were having a youth service. I was, well, actually, I wasn't even a part of the youth ministry. I think my wife would actually been leading it at the time. Um, this is how far far back this was. And I, I just thought, I'm going to go to youth service tonight. I didn't go to youth service back then. I went to a youth service, and I walk in, and I see a young man on his belly pulling 15 or 20 people. He's on his belly pulling 15 or 20 people across the ground. I don't know how long they had been doing that. But I walk in the back. I got in there late. Right, because I was cool. I came in the youth service late, and I don't even know how he knew I came in the in the building. He stops and he says, 
Josh, help me. I'm like, what? Uh, help, help you do what's going on like right here, right? That lasted for 15 to 20 minutes. But I'm telling you, the spiritual realm is real, but Christ is conquered. Right? By the way, Jesus freed that young man that night. Jesus said to the young man, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then he asked him, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged Jesus earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Why? Because some spirits are territorial. Watch this. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged Jesus saying, look, send us into the swine that we may enter them. Right? I'm getting probably saying too much, but really demons are disembodied spirits. You got to have a body in order to do life on the earth, period. You just got to have a body. You just can't be floating around, right? And so they don't care if it's a chicken, snake, lizard, pig, human. We need a body. That's why you, anyway, you see some people, they act like certain animals. What happened? What was in an animal now was in them and it's just manifesting through them. Watch it now. At once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit went out, entered into the swine. There were about 2,000 swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who were there feeding the swine fled. Sure they did. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Everybody from the city and the country is now coming to the gatherings to see what's happening. And then they came to Jesus. And watch this. This is powerful. And they saw the one who had been, everybody say had been, had been demon possessed and had legion. And they saw him doing something he'd never done before, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. He wasn't clothed in his right mind. He was sitting, now wearing clothes and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessing about the swine. And they began to plead with Jesus to leave our region. These guys, I have no clue what they're doing. And Jesus got back into the boat. And he who had been demon possessed begged Jesus, let me go with you. But Jesus did not allow him. But Jesus said to him, go home to all your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you today and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and he began to proclaim in Decapolis. Everybody say Decapolis. That means 10, 10 cities. He went through 10 cities. Look it up, the gap is 10 cities. And he told all that Jesus had done for him. And everybody marveled. Everybody marveled. All right, gospel. What have we been talking about for so long now? Identity. Identity. I got some time. It's 1142. I am like amazed at how Jesus, who is God, and who is the only person to perfectly, clearly, visibly show us what God was like in a body, I'm amazed at how attracted he was to broken people. Like, 
I mean, you know, if you would have believed the leaders of Jesus' day, you would have thought Jesus came to spend time with righteous people. And the only people that would have been in that group were Pharisees. But that wasn't the case. Jesus would go out of his way to meet a broken person. Remember the story in John 4? The prostitute at the well? Right? Jesus went out of his way to sit in the sun at a well just to meet that lady. Which if you haven't ever done this, you should take your phone and you should Google St. Fotini. S-A-I-N-T-P-H-O-T-I-N-I. St. Fotini. Fo, where we get photos, light. She, the apostles went on to call her the enlightened one. Read what she did with the rest of her life and have some tissues beside you when you do it. You're going to be blown away. He went out of his way to meet a woman in a city who was obviously very, very broken, who had met several men that wanted her for all the wrong reasons, wanted to touch her in all the wrong places. She had been married how many times? Five, was currently dating her sick. I mean, this lady had five weddings. You done sent out five different wedding invitations, five different times, and the people still came. I mean, you got really good friends, right? She's on her sixth man, the number of man six, (laughs) but number seven standing in front of her. Completion, right? He would go out of his way just to meet people. He would go and eat at tax collectors' houses. Nobody did that, not religious people. And as he's doing it, Grant, the religious people who just, I mean, they hated it, but they couldn't stay away because you never knew what Jesus was going to say or what he was going to do or how he was going to manifest compassion that day. And they're in the back going, if this guy really knew who these people were in the room, and if he really was a prophet, he wouldn't be here. They said that all the time. Finally, Jesus on one occasion, he says, Those that are whole don't need a what? They don't need a doctor. They don't need a physician. You think I came for whole people? Which, by the way, they thought they were whole. They're the farthest ones on the planet from God. Closest to the scripture in regards to proximity, but completely missed what it was pointing to. Doesn't that sound like America? You know, you hear people say, that guy, boy, God knows the Bible. You never hear him say they know Christ. You never even say they know Christ. My brother, I mean, he's not a Christian, but he knows the word. No, he knows a book. The word is not a book. The word is a man. So the Pharisees, by the age of 13, could quote the first five books of the Torah. You understand that? But they missed the person of Christ, the word of God, standing a foot in front of their face. I often say it takes the church to complicate the gospel. The only place where Christ can really successfully be hid is in the American church. But here's Jesus. Again, going out of his way to reach people nobody else would reach. Those that are whole do not need a physician. I did not come, he said, to call the righteous. (laughs) 
So yeah, I'm going to sit down with the publican, with the tax collector, with the prostitute. I'm going to embrace the leper. I will go to the regions of Samaria because you won't go, but I'm going to them because you have misrepresented Abba to them. And I've come to set right everything you've messed up. I've come to make visible everything that has been invisible. So Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, according to Paul, Colossians 1 verse 15. And anything Christ has made visible will never be invisible again. I'm amazed at how God is attracted to brokenness. If you open your Bible at the left and start reading from left to right, you're going to find a messed up universe in two verses. You're going to find brokenness, chaos, and darkness. And then you find Abba hovering. What is he doing? He's showing you that brokenness will never repel me. It may repel pastors, church, religious people, whatever, your boss, but it doesn't repel God. It would do us good to let that seep down into the ebbings of our soul. My brokenness doesn't repel God. You know why? Because he's not surprised by it. You ever told somebody something like, you did what? God, you never do that with God. He knows all things. He's omniscient. He sees all things. He's omniscient. He has all power. He's omnipotent. Right? So you find him attracted to a broken world. How many days does it take him on our time clock from our calendar to fix it? Six days. That's really the universe, not the earth. That's six days. And I'm like, man, you did that to a universe in six days. Imagine what he could do to our lives if we give him half a chance and believe the gospel. Here you see Jesus who just calmed wind and waves. He's on his way to the Gadarenes. The disciples don't know why he's going to the Gadarenes. Why would you ever even want to go to the Gadarenes? It's a place where you're not celebrated, but for some reason you want to go to the Gadarenes because he knows there's a man there that needs me, that can't get help no other way. But when I go, not only is the man going to get help, I'm going to use his life to bring the gospel in the 10 surrounding cities that you boys won't go to. Watch this. This is something about God. Have you ever noticed this? In the Bible, God always talks in past tense. Watch this. I have given you the city, Joshua. No, you hadn't. They still got walled cities around them cities. They still got giants there. No, I have given you the city. Jesus was always and still is telling people who and what they already were. He told a woman who was bound for 18 years, Jesus walked up to her and said this, woman, you are loosed. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Facts said she was bound. Truth, because truth is not a principle or a teaching, truth is Jesus. Truth is not a principle or a teaching, truth is Jesus. By the way, grace is not a principle or a teaching. Grace is Jesus. Woman, you are loosed. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Watch this. He would say, son, your sins are forgiven. Uh, I didn't offer up any sacrifices. Interesting. Jesus was forgiving sins way before he went to the cross. 
because we actually thought God demanded blood. No, law demanded blood. Keep kicking over them religious systems, Holy Ghost. We're getting somewhere in this region, I'm telling you. Daughter, you are made whole. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. I can't, I'm dead. But life's calling you. Speaking to a man who was dead, telling him to do things that only living people can do. Why? Because God was always about revealing and restoring the identity of people that have been broken down by the religious system of their day. And here he finds another man who had been broken down by the religious system of his day. And I always say this, Jesus had an ambulance ministry, boy. He was always going to find the people that the law had broken down. The, the Pharisees had broken them down. And he was going to mend them and say, now let me show you what Abba is really like. The disciples can't figure out why in the world he's going to the Gadarenes. He steps foot out of the Gadarenes. This happened several times in the ministry of Jesus. When he would cross the threshold of a city, there was something so majestic about him. Like he would cross the threshold of a city and demons would come to where he was and say, we know who you are. How, how, Matthew, how come the Pharisees, they don't know who I am? But you know who I am? Is that not crazy? A blind man who had never seen anything came up to Jesus and he said, son of David, how do you know that I'm the son of David? And they don't know I'm the son of David. Hmm? But he would cross the threshold of a city and demons would run up to where he was and they would always say, we know who you are. Can I tell you something? The very thing that binds us, it knows who Jesus is. I don't care if it's if it's if it you know if it's the big three sex drugs or alcohol or nasty attitude or gluttony or insecurity or okay how fear spiders like we like to leave stuff out I'm telling you all of that knows who Jesus is you tried chair you did really good for a few minutes all of that knows who Jesus is But sometimes we don't. He comes there and a man is in the tombs. And we don't, you know, I wish the Bible gave us his age, but it doesn't. But obviously he was not a novice living in the tombs. That means he would have had parents that had eventually got to a place they could do nothing with him. Most likely in his culture, he wasn't married. He was struggling with rejection. No love. And the people in his day who were God's representatives had given up hope on him. The only touch he got from anybody was when they were trying to bind him up. But the word gatherings, blue letter Bible app, the word gatherings literally means, if you look at it up right now, it means reward at the end. So literally what it means. Not a preacher word. I'm like, I would have I gave it something better than that. Reward at the end. And I'm thinking, man, this guy <laughs> who has major mental and emotional issues, obviously, and physical issues. I mean, he was a streaker. 
who was probably most likely always bleeding, scabs. Even the people that would have been binding him would have not really been wanting to touch him. But I mean, this is the guy, if you went by that specific region in that specific graveyard, you would have heard a guy crying out. I don't know what he was saying. Help me. Hell, help me. Can anybody help me? And man, if the religious crowd couldn't do it, nobody could do it. The only stuff they could offer him was take the man He's obviously got chains internally, but maybe we can bind him externally so he doesn't hurt himself. And he's living amongst the tombs, trying to find life amongst dead stuff. But he's living in a land that literally means reward at the end. And for him, and there's been people in this room, you struggle with this, man. Sometimes you got voices, Matthew, or maybe it's just these things that come to your mind. The only reward for you is death. That's your only way out. This guy, I believe he was on his way there. He's living at reward at the end. Watch this. But the man who defines himself as alpha, the beginning, and omega, the end, just stepped foot off the boat. And this guy, I mean, he, he legally could not go to a synagogue and obviously hadn't been to one in years. He didn't have Bethel, Hillsong, Lindsay, or Tiffany, or Life Church, or Craig Rochelle, Josh Jones, T.D. Jakes, Corey Asbury. He didn't have none of that. I don't know where he learned to worship from. But isn't there just something like about the presence of Christ like that can it can it can it can it can pull it out of you. <laughs> I like this guy because even though his life was a wreck, he had a little bit of worship left up in there. Jesus man. And even though demons were most likely running his life for the most part, it only takes just a glimmer to see Jesus and, and the human inside of him. The little bit of sanity he had, he had left ran to Jesus. And the Bible says he saw Jesus from afar, ran to where he was, and started worshiping him. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. What, did, what was his day to day? I get bound with a chain, I break it. I get bound with a fetter, I break it. I pick up a stone. Maybe there's people in this room. You, you, you cut yourself. This ain't nothing new. It's been happening for a long time. That's this guy cutting himself, trying to find his answer. The Bible says, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. But yet he saw Jesus from afar. I don't know it all, but I can tell you by reading the text. Before he saw Jesus, Jesus saw him. And Jesus positioned himself in a way that that man could see him. Hmm? Hmm? God is attracted to broken things. He loves speaking in past tense ways. Think about this with me. Romans 4 and 17. We quote this all the time as Christians, but really Paul was telling you what God the Father does. It says this. He calls those things that be not as what he's telling you what god does he gives life to the dying that's what he said he gives life to the dying and he calls things that be not 
Meaning right now, presently, it is not, but in God's economy, he said it is. It be not now for you, but I'm telling you, it is. <laughs> so Jesus would, would speak to a tree. He cursed a fig tree, and it looked like nothing happened. The disciples come back out at the end of the day or the next day, and the tree's cursed. He said, Lord, you, you, you cursed a fig tree, and it died. Yeah. I don't say anything that doesn't happen. Numbers 23, 19, for God is not a man. First off, understand he's not a man that he should lie or the son of a man that he should repent. Has he ever spoken anything that hadn't happened? Has he ever willed anything to be done that wouldn't be done? The answer to that is no, he hasn't. So that God who calls dead things to come to life who calls things that are not and speaks to them and tells them what they are to become, that God is meeting this guy right now. And years of broken identity, years of whatever issues he had, were fixing to meet the Christ and get brought to a screeching halt in one encounter. I appreciate all the meetings that we go to, man. I appreciate all the counseling sessions and all that stuff, but I'm telling you, I still believe that Jesus Christ is enough. So watch this. That guy sees Jesus and he says this. What do I have to do with you, Jesus? Now, this is not the guy because the guy's been worshiping. Now here comes, the, here comes the oppression. What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Please don't torment me. <laughs> the thing that's been tormenting this guy now recognizes a Lord and says, please don't torment me. What happens when you take our issues, whatever they are, and you bring them into the presence of one who is Lord? Then the thing that has tormented us says, please don't torment me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Religion hadn't taught her. You know, religion says, just come to church. I don't care if you're sitting around home in your lazy boy. Whatever the issue is... Understand you're sitting in the presence of God and give it to God. I go before and say, God, you know, this is this thing. You know, this thing's been in me. It might have been in my dad and my dad's dad. Or maybe it's just new with me. But Lord, I'm giving this thing to you. I don't like the fact that I think this way about women. I don't like the fact that I think this way about men. I don't like the fact that I, every time I get around this person, this thought comes to my mind. I don't like the fact that I can't live without this thing. I don't like the fact that my life is dictated by money. I don't like the fact of... Right? Look, look, whatever you're content to live with, you can live with it. But man, I hope there comes a time in all of our lives, mine included, where I'm just like, Jesus, I don't want to sing about you being Lord and preach about you being Lord and go to church and do all the stuff, but I never see lordship exercise over my life. You get what I'm saying? This guy's torment feels torment feels fear. The thing that had caused the guy fear feels fear because he meets a true Lord. And Jesus, without even touching the man, says, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Everybody say this. Say, there's some chains I can break my own by my own strength. But there's some chains Jesus has to break. You know what? When I got born again, I quit cussing on my own. 
I'm sure God gave me the grace to do it, but that's something I probably could have quit any time. But there's some stuff, there's no way I could have quit on my own. It had to meet someone greater than it. And for you, you know what, man, cussing may not be a big deal. Uh, for you, it may be something different. You know, what, what, what may be huge to somebody else is small to somebody else. But to you, whatever your issue is, it's a mountain. Right? But be encouraged by this truth. The psalmist says this. The way that wax melts in the presence of a fire. Listen to what the psalmist said. He said, this is how mountains melt away, not in the presence of a church service. He said, mountains melt away that way. He said, in the presence of God. So I believe the issue is this. We haven't learned presence well. No, I'm telling you, we haven't learned presence well. We haven't learned how to be present in presence. Right? What does it mean if I say I'm in the presence of Lindsay? And by the way, you look amazing today, babe. Like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Latter-day Saints right here. I'm in the presence of Lindsay. What that means is this. That means I'm close to her person. If I'm in, if I'm near your presence, it means I'm close to your person. We don't understand. We think feeling when we think presence. That does not mean feeling. The word, the best, the best close thing to a definition when they define presence, even in the Bible, it means face to face. I'm close to your face. So to be in the presence of God means you're close to his person. You're close to his face. We haven't learned presence well. It's not enough to say I said the prayer and now I go to church, but you live in presence because leprosy left in the presence of Jesus. Blindness left in the presence of Jesus. Muteness left in the presence of Jesus. Fish and bread got multiplied in the presence of Jesus. Storms were calmed through the presence of Jesus. Death gave way of its hold and left in the presence of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus that gives life. Not a thousand church services, not a thousand sermons, not a thousand songs, and I love all of it. But principles out of the Bible, songs that we got from the Bible, even just saying scriptures from the Bible, none of that stuff was ever meant to replace the presence of the one whom we deem both Christ and Lord. We got to be presence people every day. Every day. And presence said to this man, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Hmm. Hmm. And he begins to beg Jesus. This, this, this demonic oppression begins to beg Jesus. What time is it here? I'm okay. We're going in early today. Come on, Taylor, to the keys for me. Everybody say the reward is at the end. You know what my admonishment to us today is? It is September. It means we've got October. November, December. All of September, I guess you could say. October, November, December. In the next three or four months, it's time we get to the end of the year. What chain, fetter, or bind do you and I have in my life that I say this, I'm not taking it with me into 2023? 
Some stuff we are content to live with because we've wrestled with it for so long. We've said things like, maybe it's just going to always be a part of my life. Man, please. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I did not marry Lindsay to have half of her. I am not in union with God so he can have three quarters of my life. I don't want God just to own the living room of my life or the dining room of my life. or the. I want him to get in the closets. I want him to get into every crack and every crevice. I want to be so filled with God that there remains no vacancy for anything else. What would it be like for the things that have been tormenting us to bow in the presence of Jesus again? And you hear Jesus say, now you have to go. Come on. Come on. Come on. All this is going on. You got 12 Jewish boys who all they knew was law. They're watching from a distance. These are 12 disciples that are watching love operate. I mean, I read it. I'm not going to get there again, but I read it to you. At the end of all this, you know what this was? This wasn't some great demonstrative power of God. This was really just compassion. You know what the scripture says? He said, go tell those 10 cities how I simply had compassion. I'm telling you, compassion is so supernatural. We would love to say that guy had a gift of the spirit. That was powerful, but I can never do that. No, but do you have compassion? Do you have mercy? The blind man didn't say, Lord, heal my eyeballs. He said, have mercy on me. At the tomb of Lazarus, this wasn't some great demonstration of just power. At the tomb of Lazarus, the people that were standing there said, see how he loved him? It doesn't take money. You don't got to go to seminary to do this. You just walk in love toward people and compassion. Man, I used to try to manifest the tongue so people could know I'm spirit-filled, but I failed in the area of compassion. He ain't saying nothing. I would try to prophesy to people. I would get words of knowledge, but I failed in the area of mercy, which by the way, you never even heard Jesus speak in a tongue, but he spoke the native language of love, compassion, kindness, tender mercy, and everybody witnessed it. In 2022 years later, we still hail him as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords and even in this moment as I shared this man's story he's watching from what the scripture calls the great cloud of witnesses Jeremiah said they're telling my story again you got these 12 Jewish boys had a bound upon the Torah watching the Christ do what only the Christ could do but you also have people that are from that region watching they're going I don't know why this is happening I'm telling you this, they, they should have been going crazy over that man's freedom. But there's some people, they profit more out of you being bound than they ever would you been free. You, you ain't saying nothing. They profit more out of you being bound than you ever would being free. There's some people that don't want to see you free. Seriously. Some people don't want to see you free. You know, the same people that told Jesus to get out of there were the same ones that wrapped chains around that man. Because my ministry is this. I wrap chains around the bound. I can't tame them or nothing, but I just wrap chains. And I get to go tell my friends, yeah, I helped them out today. I put chains around them. And here comes Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to the Gadarenes. I'm on calm storms on the way there. <laughs> But when I get there, I'm going to come some more storms. I'm going to do it. Because I'm the chain breaker. Yeah. I'm the miracle worker. 
I'm the promise keeper. I shine light in the middle of darkness. This is who I am. This is who I am. He runs down and he worships to Christ. Christ drives demons out of him. Demons are talking. Demons go into the swine. The swine then run off of the cliff. And I don't know if it was an hour or 30 minutes, however long it was. People that were sitting there on looking run back into the town and tell everybody, this guy's coming here messing up stuff and they go back out there. And the Bible records it this way. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and who had legion sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. What right mind in the Greek is sophrino. It means to be of sound mind, to be, I'm reading right out of my Bible, to be sane, to be self-controlled. He had had that in years. To be moderate, to be sober-minded, to be restrained, to be disciplined. Now able to reason. It's from the word sozo, which means to save, and friend, which means mind. So, friend, I'm now saved in my mind. His issue wasn't external, so chains would never fix it. He was sick in the mind. He was oppressed in his thinking. That's why the Bible specifically, it is a greater miracle for Jesus to change someone's mind than it is to raise a body from the dead. Because you could be raised from the dead and still have the same old mindset and do the same thing over that put you in the grave in the first place. But for him to change a mindset that's been in your life for years or generations that have been passed on to you, that is a supernatural miracle. So the people recorded, yes, he was sitting. We saw that. We're not used to seeing sit. That's supernatural. But now he's clothed. Where did he get his clothing from, by the way? What 12 men were there with Jesus? The men who would go on to be known as the apostles. Watch this. He got clothed in the apostolic. Yes, anyway. He got clothed in the apostolic. He's sitting at the same feet that Mary sat at. <laughs> but even in my Bible, it's actually got bold print. See, that? it's bold print. But he's also in his sofrino. He's in his right mind. And for some reason, they could see that. And then it says this, and those people were afraid because this guy can restore minds. And they begin to plead with the Christ. Would you just get out of here? Get out of here. You done took my chain ministry away from me. I'm going to tell you something, man. I've been taking a chain ministry away from people. I got a call last week. Brother, somebody was talking about you. Welcome to the club, man. It was a pastor. Welcome to the club. You're not bothered. Why would I be bothered by that? He's like, okay, I, okay, I just thought I'd let you know. You know what I said? Next statement was, how are you and your wife doing? <laughs> Man, I love Jesus, man. He's changing my mind. He's challenging. The way my wife and I grew up, we, we're getting challenged. We're finding a more excellent way. I don't want to have a chain ministry. You want to get me? You can take a lock and take chains off somebody. But Jesus, would you show me how to operate through compassion so much so that by way of love, you can change the way a person thinks? 
And that guy is so moved by the Christ. Jesus gets back on the boat and his 12 men get on there with him. And that guy's thinking, man, don't leave me here. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay here. I want to go with you. You would have thought, how, how, how not merciful of Jesus. Well, Jesus lets everybody follow him. No, he didn't let everybody follow him. He, let, he said, let me, can I get on the boat with you? And Jesus says, no. It's more advantageous for you to go to the Decapolis and tell them what great things God has done for you today and how he has had compassion on you. And that guy, for the first time in years, left the graveyard and went through 10 cities. And this time, he was used to crying, shouting out, but this time he has something to say. Let me tell you what great things has happened to me today. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I sense compassion flowing through me today. I want to say this. If you got any kind of personal chain, shackle, fetter, if you think things about yourself that the father wouldn't think about his son, it's not for you. If you think something about yourself that God wouldn't think about himself, it's not for you. I don't care what the chain shedder, I mean, fetter, shackle is, iron is, mindset is, fear, phobia is. If it's not from Jesus, you do not have to live with it. Well, what do I do, Josh? Recognize the compassion of Abba Father flowing to you today and say, Lord, I want to expose this to your presence. If you can give this man a sufferino, a changing of the way that he thinks, if you can let him sit down in a posture of rest and clothe him anew, I know you can do that for me. I know you can do that for me. Here's my plea to you today. Would you take a few minutes and just receive the compassion of Christ? And I'm telling you, the things that are wrapping you up, that the Father didn't put on you, those things loose their hold right now. Did you believe that? I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. If that's you, I just need you to simply receive this. I'm just going to pray, but I'm telling you right where you are, the Holy Spirit in you is going to begin to bring freedom into your mind. I see things that have been a part of lives for years getting brought to a halt today now in Jesus' name. Father, I just released by way of the Holy Spirit, I just released compassion in this room now in Jesus' name. I release compassion to you now in Jesus' name. Where there's been fear, I release compassion. Where there's been bondage, I release compassion. Where any kind of addiction, I release compassion. Watch this. Immoral thoughts, I release compassion to you. I release compassion to you. Listen, I, I I don't understand a lot in life, but I do understand a pornographic struggle. I release compassion on you in that area in Jesus' name. I release you from fear, shame, condemnation. Guilt, I release you from those things now. In Jesus' name, he was cutting himself. You've been hurting yourself with your own thoughts, hurting yourself with your own words. I release compassion to you now. In Jesus' name, be free from that thing. Holy Spirit, you have to do this. Any kind of demonic oppression, yeah. Any kind of darkness that has rested over you and has found a home in you right now in Jesus' name, I release the God who is life and light and love and liberty to you now in Jesus' name. Be free from that thing now in Jesus' name. You don't have to feel anything. I'm telling you, just receive it. It's it's free. Free of charge today. Free of charge. Free of charge. If you receive that, all I need you to do is say, Lord, I receive that. That's all you got to do. I receive. That's all you got to do. It's yours. It comes. 
it comes. Lord, I thank you that the surrounding regions will be awakened and shaken by what you're doing in your church, in your ecclesia. We're just a small part of that. I pray that the beauty, the wonder, and the awe of the Lord Jesus will be fresh on our lives this week. So whether we're working through people remotely at home through a computer screen, let them see the wonder of Christ on us. Whether it's coming through a telephone call, let them experience the wonder of Christ through us. It may be Michael as he's sitting in the mall doing recruit. Let the wonder of Christ rest on him. It may be Katie as she ministers to kids, but let the wonder of Christ be fresh on her life. He's with you. He's Emmanuel. He's Emmanuel. He's God with you. <laughs> let us go to our own Decapolis and tell the world what compassion he's had on us. I want you to notice this as we close today. You are an evangelist. I ain't called to preach. No, you called to proclaim the goodness of God. No, you called to proclaim the goodness of God. No, you don't have a preacher. No, I'm telling you, you are one. I am a gift from God, said Jesus in Ephesians 4. But my, the whole reason of my existence is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I'm telling you, go proclaim his goodness. Father, we thank you that we are already favored. We're already accepted in the beloved. We already walk in your peace. Show us how to trust you the way that you desire so that we can show you in our daily lives. Thank you for truth. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.